Hey guys, I'm Whitney. And I'm Kylie. Welcome to the Midwest Farm Wives Podcast. We are two millennial farm wives raising lots of littles, figuring out how to run ag businesses with our husbands, learning, loving, and living life day by day in America's heartland. If you landed here, you can expect uplifting positive real talk about being a farm wife, mom, and being a woman in agriculture, conquering all God gives us. We are so excited you're traveling on this back road with us. Hi, welcome back to the Midwest Farm Wives podcast, episode four, the one where we support each other. This one's going to be kind of a heavy podcast. I don't know if you agree, Whitney. We decided as we typed, we were like, oh, oh, we have a lot to talk about. (laughs) Feels a little deep, but it's something that needs to be talked about. Yeah, we've had a couple encounters that we'll chat about here coming up. So welcome, welcome. We have been swamp busy. We are actually recording this on Monday and we're supposed to release on Monday. We have another late week. We've been super busy and family always comes first for us. So we have had a few occasions that we've chosen family over recording, but here we are. We've made it and that's all that matters. Yes. So we are going to talk about ag supporting ag and how there is a problem in the industry of agriculture with no matter what type of farming you're doing, you know, putting others down and whether that be because you're jealous or because you actually disapprove of the way that others are doing things. There's some root to that problem. There's some root to that. uh, The negative source. Yeah. Yeah. Negativity. That's a good word for it. The the negative source. I think that everyone could agree that no matter what someone messages, if it's not something out of positivity or love or support, it really has no purpose and no use in this world. (laughs) I agree. And it comes off at any, it could even be an honest question, but if you don't phrase it correctly, it's just words on a screen. And so you have to be really mindful of how we ask questions. So this stems from a conversation that Whitney and I had with, we've had multiple conversations with other farm wives and other farmers. And there was an instance that happened to me. And so this is, again, this is something that's been in our, on our minds for a while now. I had a fellow pork producer in the United States message me asking me a couple of questions about our new facility. So we're building a new sow unit. If you don't follow me on Instagram, you should go check it out. Shameless plug. Um, but she was disapproving of how we farrowed sows. And so we believe that the way that we handle our pigs is very mindful of animal animal welfare. We're very mindful of treating our sows just like they should be treated. We, you know, give them plenty of feed. They have plenty of room. If anything, this new building is actually above all of those standards because it is on the cutting edge of technology. So long story short, she messaged me and mentioned that she disapproved of how we raise sows and that I should be mindful of the sows uh, where they would be happy and how I am or our, our family. So she's, she's gone to then talking about our family and how we are mistreating the sows and how they do not like the facility that we're living in. Um, I don't speak pig, so I think they seem happy. And also you to bounce off of this. You never showed any photos of any sows. All you did was show your unit. So they couldn't see if any hogs were depressed or thin. You know, she just made an assumption that because it wasn't the same as hers, that it was wrong. Right. And I don't, I don't want this to come off as that I am 
you know, upset with her because she, she didn't come off as, as hateful necessarily, but she was just very disapproving and um, somewhat condescending of how our family does things. So that's where this really stems from. So I was very respectful of her. I said, it is great that you are raising pigs for your community, for your family. That is such a positive thing to, to do. And I think that that's where we need to come from. And I actually think that she had a true belief that what we were doing was wrong. I don't think it came stemmed from jealousy at all. I think that in her mind, that's what she truly believes in. And that's okay. Um, that's not, that's, we all have opinions, you know? Right. And sometimes you just need to keep them to yourself. <laughs> right. But, but I don't want, you know, that's okay that she said that, but it did bring up this conversation of ag supporting ag. Right. And so, you know, the conversation goes deeper, but let's go back to talking about why this is relative to all of our listeners. So we, you know, what defines us as farmers, every single uh, farming operation is different. Right. hundred percent. And we, and the IRS says that you're a farmer if you cultivate, operate, or manage a farm for profit, either as an owner or a tenant. Farms include plantations, ranches, ranges, orchards, and groves, and you can raise livestock, fish, poultry, or grow fruits and vegetables. That's a very large spread, covers a lot of people. It totally does. The only difference is when you file your taxes, farmers can file a different form and they pay just slightly differently, not better by any means. They just pay on a different schedule. And so there is another um, that has to do with income from farming, but the broad IRS farmer definition, it could, you could be a farmer if you're doing pasteurized or conventional or GMO, non-GMO. And so the problem stems from within our own industry. It does. It's, it's where we think that we are right in every way and that others doing things differently are not. And that stems to life in general, especially as a farm wife. I have felt immense pressure when I started to follow other farm wives. I'm speaking very openly and very honestly. I felt a, a lot of pressure, even following you, Whitney. Um, some of the stuff that you do with your kids, we're so structured. We have a very rigid structure in our household as far as nap time goes and all of that good stuff. I am like way jealous and way impressed by your ability to manage all of those things. And so instantly it could come off as, as you, like I said, jealousy, like, oh, why right. can't I do that? But that's not my life. No. And it's human nature and it's okay that you feel that way. But I think that's when those feelings, you either have to maybe keep them into yourself. You know what I'm saying? Don't make them, yeah. don't make hateful comments. I love when people ask questions of why we do things and I love to explain it in a way that is open to where I know if they don't do the same thing that it's totally okay and it's like we can learn from each other. Like a girl the other day, I saw a picture of her Instagram and I showed it to Bart and I'm like, their cornrows are really far apart, aren't they? And I, I wasn't being hateful. I was just confused why they were so far apart because ours aren't. And so he's like, well, you know, silage corn and other people do different things. He said, just message her. I'm like, you know what? You're right. So I did. I messaged her and I said, okay, I see this pic. Your little girl's super cute. Can I ask how far apart your corn spacing is? And come to find out it was just a weird picture and they were on 30 inch rows just like we are. So, I mean, a lot of it can be perspective too. A hundred percent can be yeah. perspective. But I give you props for prefacing your question and, and offering a compliment to kind of hold out a hand to, you know, to a handshake saying, I'm not coming at you maliciously. I'm not saying, why are your cornrows 
planted so far apart. Right. In a bad way. I wasn't meaning it. And sometimes I think that's a lot of it can be like how you responded to that woman was very good because I also get, get comments from people or questions. And sometimes I take the offensive route just Mm -hmm. because, just because, or defensive almost, you feel defensive for your farm because that's a hundred percent what you believe in. It's your blood, sweat and tears. So I almost want to offer in a tip that maybe when you ask your questions, do offer a compliment or just make it in a way that doesn't seem like you're putting that person's pride and work down. Yeah. Ask it to yourself. If it were you and someone asked you exactly what you typed out because it's words on a screen. If we're verbally asking nine times out of 10, the message is not construed. If we're asking over a screen, your words, you know, read it to yourself and say, am I going to be offended if someone were asking me something of the same, you know, nature, would I get upset about it? Right. Or make it uplifting. Like I'm also the type of person that can take a text message very wrong. If someone, if someone doesn't put like an emoji or something, I think, God, they're mad at me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or if they say K instead of okay, like, oh my gosh. Okay. Such a mad word. (laughs) It is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So when you, when you, that, that's supporting each other by not putting each other down for different things, which I love. I love that we all do things so differently that it's amazing to me how, how farming can be so alike and so different. The end result is the same crop. And it's all just so amazing to me that it can be that different throughout the whole world. I I know. I love, love, love learning about others' operations because we, like you said, we do things so similarly as far as, you know, how maybe how our business are structured or how we borrow money and spend money and the risk we take is all very similar, but nothing is the same. Like no one operation is the same as anyone else's. No. Just like you and I, our operations are super alike, but very different still. But our end result is still a beautiful stand of corn or a beautiful Mm -hmm. stand. We don't grow beans, but I mean, the end result is still someone's pride, work, blood, sweat, tears, and it's lovely. Farming is amazing. It is amazingly horrible sometimes, but most of the time really good. (laughs) No, I mean, there's bad too. Don't get me wrong. So the question then begs, why are we not supporting one another? Like what in our minds makes us not instantly be happy for someone else? It is. It's, it's rooted from that jealous bone, that comparison bone. I mean, just like you said about the farm wives comparing one another, I really think that's a huge thing. And another thing that I got from Jay Hill yesterday, he quoted this yesterday, and I have thought this on numerous occasions. I am very Um, guilty of thinking this. And I never think back to what he exactly said. So he says he's been getting messages on their equipment. They have a really nice big barn with nice John Deere equipment and stuff. And it says, oh, it must be nice. Or you're so lucky to have the equipment, ground, et cetera, that you have. His response was, well, yes, we do have nice things. The grass isn't always greener where it appears to be, my friend. We're extremely grateful for what we do have, but it's a lot of work to maintain in these machines to maintain the loan loads, which hello, everyone knows about that in farming. They each have, uh, they each have huge loans. They have to manage all that comes with them. So while you see, I am lucky, there's a lot more to it than what you see. I'm grateful for the stress and debt we have in our life to make us able to do this. There are a lot of struggles that people don't see every day, the behind the scenes. So good food for thought. Next time you see someone with something nice or well put together, don't think they're lucky. There's a lot more struggle than you think behind that green grass on the surface. 
I really like that. And I think it totally relates to our whole lives. You can't look at someone, you, you don't know what someone else is going through. So, okay. No. Yeah. They have a nice car or they have uh, something that you would want. Maybe they have more time. I'm envious of others because of all the time that they may have. Like maybe they, all their family gets off work at five o'clock. We don't get that. Mm-hmm. I don't have that luxury. You don't have that luxury or no. that, you know, we could, we could go get jobs. That's fine. And we choose this life. Right. hundred percent. So a little story that I have behind that is we decided to put up a shop, like a working shop for our farm behind our house. And when we broke ground on it, I took a picture and I just said how proud I was. And I made the comment before anyone sends me hateful messages, no, we're not rich. We have a loan on it. And I had so many people reach out to me and said, I'm so sorry that you feel like you have to defend yourself and added that comment on it. But that is so true that in this life, if you have something, somebody automatically thinks that it's yours. I mean, yeah, that's our shop, but we owe money on it. We didn't, yeah. we didn't pull out a bunch of hundred dollar bills and pay for it. Just like <laughs> any, just like any equipment we have. Yeah. We have some stuff paid off, but the majority of farming is loans. Mm-hmm. We borrow it from the bank until one day it can hopefully be ours. And by that time you have to trade it because it's so far out of date that you have to get a new loan. And we're like held captive by our equipment. <laughs> Loans for life again. But really, you don't, you don't know what's behind everyone's life. So just be more mindful of your judgment. Absolutely. And just one more thing to touch on that sweet lady that messaged me. I do really think it's in her fundamental beliefs that we were doing something wrong. And that's okay. I, I do agree that I don't think anything really needed to be said because I don't agree with the way everybody does things, but I'm mindful enough to just not say anything, but that's okay. So, so if she, if you listen to this lady who reached out to me on Instagram, I get it. And that's okay that you feel that way. And so if you're listening and you want to talk to another hog farmer, just, you know, what we think we do is right. And that's all that matters because it's yours. It's your family farm. So whether you are a, a substance farmer or commercial, conventional, or organic, GMO versus non-GMO, who really cares? Not I. Not me. What you're doing is right for your farm and your family. If you want to raise an or, or organic crop, more power to you. I actually admire you because you're probably putting in a little more work than the rest of us. True that. Non-GMO, go get that premium. Yeah. For sure. And that's what you do get premiums, but there's more work. Yeah. I agree. I, you know, there's so much though against the organic versus non-organic and that's a hundred percent, just a belief. Just like if you believe in God or not, or if you believe in this cream or not, that's just a belief and you shouldn't go after someone else's beliefs. You should just support that they are hundred percent engulfed in what they do believe in. Yeah. And I think social media makes that a lot harder. It does. I 100% agree with that. The comparison game and judgmental game is so hardcore in, in everyday life. And then farming, I think, takes the flack for it because people, people think that some people think we're trying to harm them with what we do with our crops. And I will tell you that we research everything. You know, just because we're not organic we research things to make sure we're not going to hurt our family. And I understand that they do the same, but we will, I will support 
person A and person B and still support myself because yeah. I understand that it's their beliefs. Yeah. We actually raise hogs. We're in an interesting operation. We raise hogs conventionally or commercially rather would be the, a better word for it. And then with our new barn, they will be raised without antibiotics. We have no preference. Uh, I'm confident that all the pork that goes to the um, market or goes to be, uh, you know, butchered to be sold on the shelves in your grocery store. I am very so confident that it has no antibiotics in it. These are actually just raised without antibiotics. And so it's just a different, it's just a preference. So just like I choose to be a hog farmer in the way that I am or the crop farmer in the way that I, that we operate, you too choose to buy a piece of pork with that is raised fully without antibiotics, or maybe it's a piece of grass fed beef or grain fed beef, or you, whatever that choice may be. It's a very similar practice. Ours is just on a bigger scale. Right. Right. And that's, and that's another thing, how you shop for your family. I'm sure you've done the research and it's your family at the end of the day. It's your choices. It's very, it's a very hard thing farming because more people I feel like like to attack rather than support. And that's, that's tough. I, if there's one thing that we can get across from this particular podcast is that Whitney and I welcome all questions ask away. We have no problem answering questions. If you have, uh, you know, if there's something that we really are doing wrong and you believe that we would love to hear from you. That's not it at all. Uh, we're not deterring anybody from talking to us because we're the mean girls. No, we're not. <laughs> no. And I don't think we're portraying that at all. Just it, ask us questions. Like we'd be happy to tell you how we believe what we're doing is right. 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 Rather than someone send a trolling message, which I know that those big farmers like Jay and all those guys, I know they get a lot of trolling. And that's, that's another thing that I guess if you can't ask nicely, probably just don't ask, don't all. message at all. I mean, there's a lot of things that I don't agree with on social media, but if I took the time to message every single person, I don't know that I got enough time in my day. <laughs> right. And I don't, I don't want to hurt someone's feelings over silly things. No, because I don't like to have my feelings hurt. I have real thick skin, right? I have like, you cannot hurt my feelings. I am not that sensitive of a person at all. Jordan and would I'm say, oh, she way. has no heart. That's what Jordan would say. <laughs> I'm the same way. So uh, to, to say hateful things to me won't hurt my feelings, but I'll think a lot about it. I'll spend a lot of time thinking about that comment or that conversation. And that to me is just a waste of my time. Right. So, so just don't, just don't message about anything negative unless it's like, you know, life shattering. Right. The negative effects, the negative energy. Like I read a quote one time that you have 84,000 thoughts in one day and the majority of them are negative. Ah. And so, the, and so they'll hang in your head longer. Well, you just think about all the sprinkles of negativity that come at you in a day via that that's a lot. And it's just so much easier to send a message out just like that woman, I'm just going to use that as an example because I can't think of anything else. Like she should have just said, your facility looks really nice. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Somebody just send a compliment. Like I, I heard one time that you should spend the first 10 minutes of your day sending out five compliments, send out five compliments to five people and it will make you feel good and it'll make somebody else feel good. Yeah. Even if it's, if it's about their hair or their makeup or their grass looks nice. Anything can make them feel so much better. 
I agree. And we spend all of this time in our operation, in our life, you know, trying to build people up. That's, you know, the people that you love, you try to do right by. And so maybe if we looked at everyone that is around us, that we're surrounding ourselves with, if we're also trying to do the same thing for them, whether we really know them or not, trying to say positive things, maybe our lives will in turn become more positive. Maybe we'll be more content with our own lives if we're happier, more go lucky people toward others and hope that they would be the same toward us. Right. Your positivity can radiate. We should be fighting the consumer. And I don't want to say fighting because if anyone's on here and is not a farmer, we're not, we don't want to fight you, but there, you know, the consumer market dictates what we buy. And so the consumer in the livestock industry start, is starting to dictate how we raise hogs. And so I'm a farmer. I'm an expert in my own thing, in my own farming business. I'm an expert. My husband is an expert in our own farming business. And when I say expert, it's what we do. It's what we know. I am not an expert in wheat farming. I'm right. not an expert in, you know, different things that you do, Whitney. What are you an expert in? Pretty much everything. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Uh, you know, I just, there's, I think that everything that your family does, you can be an expert in because it's what you choose and you've done the research. Yep. Like stay in your own lane. Like yeah. you just need to be an expert on what you know, be authentic, be real, be you. Less, less, uh, less com- competition. Would yeah. Be and I'm so competitive. We've talked about this. You are too. Yeah, I am. But I'm not competitive in the sense that I want someone else to feel bad. Oh yeah. No, no, no. Like I want to play basketball and whoop your butt, but <laughs> yeah, we need a one-on-one game. Yeah. Let's go girl. Yeah, I agree. But there's just, we need to start empowering each other to be better, stronger, more confident to complete tasks that arise and just rock what you're good at. Yep. And so in, to circle back around to fighting the consumer, because I feel like I just let people think that I'd like to fist fight someone who disagrees <laughs> with me. And that's not true. Um, we want to inform, educate, and sway the consumer to buying products that we produce, not fighting each other. Right. If you're going to farm organic. You're probably going to buy your own products. Good for you. Just 100%. like I am a GMO farmer and I am going to buy things that potentially could contain the, the crop that I'm raising, that I'm marketing for, and that's okay. So we want to be influencing people outside of our bubble. Right. And that's why we have these Instagram pages to show you our lives and to show you that it's not scary and that that we choose things that are good for our family. And I hope you choose things that are good for your family. And we should just, everyone in farming should be in one happy bubble supporting one another. <laughs> I mean, not very happy because corn was down 25 today, but. It's that crop report. Woo, that was rough. Yep, limit down, <laughs> limit down. Whew. Well, we are going to go to a interview with Addie Yoder, our Welcome, Addie Yoder. Addie is from Northeast Missouri. She's in my neck of the woods, and I am going to interview Addie today about her life. She has all kinds of wonderful things to say, so I'm not going to lead too much into it. Addie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm Addie. I am, like you said, from Northeast Missouri. We raise corn and soybeans, and we have some cattle, and we also, um, my husband sells crop insurance. So 
those things right there keep us busy, but we also have four kids. We have three girls and a little boy who's about to start kindergarten. So we're, we're dealing with all of those things right now as school starts next week. So, um, yeah, so my husband farms and I've always joked and said that he raises crops and I raise kids because we kind of have our two different departments, but uh, more recently, I have become a certified life coach, and I run a business from home online most of the time, and I talk to women about leading more positive life and simple tools that they can use to help like streamline things and talk through situations that maybe they don't have someone to talk through and just kind of reaffirm them that they are on the right track and help them set goals and have directions. That fits so perfectly within our podcast today. We talked about ag supporting ag and women in the industry supporting other women and even men supporting other men and knowing that what we're doing is right for our own selves. So I can't wait to hear a little bit more about that. Also, we like to say that we raise corn, soybeans, pigs, and kids. We actually just throw that on the end there because that's an important, that's an important one. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) So tell me about how you guys got back on the farm. I have chatted with you a little bit, but tell us more. So um, my husband and I met at the University of Missouri. We're the same age. We graduated together um, and actually worked outside of ag after we got out of college. We um, lived out of state for about five years. And after we had our oldest daughter, I kind of always said, no, this is not something I want to do. I thought it was too inconsistent and that the income was unreliable and I didn't know about all of the things we actually have to help protect ourselves against that. So to me, it was very scary and very big. And I don't know, he came home about the time our oldest daughter was two one day and was like, you know what, I think we should move back to the farm. And I was like, okay, fine, whatever. (laughs) And that was like the gist of our conversation. He just caught me in the right mood. I'm sure I rolled my eyes in the process or something inappropriate, but I I was just like, fine, if it'll make you happy, we'll just go back to the farm. And we called his parents on a Thursday and said, this is what we want to do. They happened to be buying a farm that had a house on it, which I'm sure, you know, is like a magic thing, like Mm -hmm. to have a house available in rural America is a big deal. And so it just, it was God's perfect timing. Ultimately, it wasn't anything other than he's to ask at the right time and everything fell perfectly into place. And we found out we were having our second daughter three days later and moved a month after that. So it's been 11 planting seasons now and we are here for the long haul. I love that. They say that you only get like 40 or 45 seasons in your planting you know, career. And that's if you start at a really young age before you're ready to retire yourself. So 11 seasons, I like that, you know, how you deciphered how many years you've been for. (laughs) So how do you balance all of that? You have four kids, you run your own life coaching business, and we all know farming is a big deal, big time consumer. How do you balance that? Well, there's a couple of things. One, I'm probably an over communicator. We have kind of set some parameters when I decided to stay home that, you know, his work stuff was going to come first because he pays the bills. And so we've continued to look through that lens. So when I get the opportunity to go to a leadership event or someone asks me to, you know, be their life coach or help with something or, you know, whatever comes up, we always look at that first. If I'm taken away from my regular job, 
then what does that look like for the man on the farm? What's he going to have to pick up the slack of? Does it affect him at all? And so we weigh things first through that. And then everything else is just calendar based. You know, I'm a big mm-hmm. scheduler. We have a million calendars. Everyone communicates through an iPhone calendar and a dry erase board on the wall. And it, um, it works for us. It mean, we kind of, I don't know if working it backwards is the best way to explain it, but we put in the things we have to do first. And then I fill in clients from there. And I say, Hey, this is what I have going on. And when he wants me to drive a combine or go get parts or whatever, I'm like, okay, I can do that in this block or that block, but here's what I've got for this week. And so as long as we all stay on the same page, it works pretty good. I think that will resonate with our listeners because we understand that what the farm comes first in our life and that's what's providing our livelihood. That's what's providing all the, you know, the money and how we were raised and how we want our kids to be raised. But, you know, we have to fix our schedules around whether our husbands will be able to take care of the kids or do the chores or how we fit into that. I think that is like a perfect explanation of how farm wives schedule life. Yeah. And you know, it's really an important thing even for like new farm wives, because I know it was a challenge for, for me when we first came back that I didn't understand how, like, if I needed help, he couldn't just come help me. In my mind, he was working this flexible new job and he didn't have set hours and couldn't he just stop and help? But you know, it, it was something that I had to acquire I don't know, getting used to, I had to get used to it because it, it's not really, you know, that idea of working for yourself is like probably more of a commitment than. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Definitely. You definitely fall into the seasoned farm wife category. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have another question. You cheer people on for a living on top of doing all of these awesome things. You fit that into your schedule where you can. What is one piece of advice that you would offer to help women be positive, to help them cheer others on the way that you do? Um, well, one of the big things we do in our house is we really surround ourselves with positive language. We really watch how we speak to each other. You know, when we put all those cute little art things on our wall from Hobby Lobby that say all the words, We try not to do the sassy ones. We try to only do the ones that say things that I want my kids to hear me say when they leave for school. Like we have a wall refrigerator that's all positive words. So as much of that kind of positivity are surrounding us as possible is, is one of the big things that we do. Um, I try to make sure that I carve out time for myself. It's really hard as a mom in any job to make sure that you're prioritizing your own sanity over everything else that's on your to-do list. And I just learned through the past few years that by taking 30 minutes to exercise in the morning or making sure that I have a book out for when the kids watch TV at night, I am doing something that I choose to do, even if it's just for 15 minutes, because that's going to help me burn off some of that edge so that I can what comes out of me is a lot more positive. That is so perfect. Like you're just speaking to me right now and our whole podcast, this is really going in the right direction because I think women need to hear that they need to do just a little bit of something for themselves if they have an option. So if you can leave us, our listeners with one message, what would it be? 
Well, I haven't really touched on it much at all, but um, my friend Christine, when I when I found out I was going to do this podcast, I did a little bit of crowdsourcing of, you know, what do you think about women supporting women? And I got a lot of really cool responses. But my friend Christine gave me her own quote. And she said, building a tribe is not collecting, it's connecting. And I thought, man, that's so true, right? It's not about the number of people you have in your life. It's about the ones you have deep connections with. And we need all kinds of people in our life. We need people who are going to lift us up. We need the ones that are going to call us on our crap. We need the ones that are going to help us sort through things or the ones that are just going to say, hey, that sucks and be there for us. So we need the ones that will pick our kids up after school. You know, we need all of those people in our life in order to have, you know, to feel those true connections. And so that's what I want to really resonate with people is take that extra second and maintain or really nurture those relationships you have because you're going to just benefit everyone from it. We love what you have to say, Addie. Thank you so much for being here with us today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. We are so grateful that Addie was able to join us today and give us a look inside her life. You know, we love all things farm wife. We love looking at different operations and she was just so supportive. So we're excited for her to follow along and be in the farm wives club. Yes. And women supporting women is a huge deal. I feel like in today's day and age with social media comparison and everything. So we like to end every day with a quote, every podcast. So here it is today, friends. I wish more women realized that helping another woman win, cheering her on, praying for her, or sharing a resource with her does not take away from the blessing coming to them. In fact, the more you give, the more you receive. Empowering women doesn't come from selfishness, but rather from selflessness. So thanks for listening today, guys. It was a heavy one. We know it was kind of deep, but I think it needed to be talked about. And if you need to chat or ask any questions, we're super available. And we won't hurt you. Or fight you. Or be hateful. (laughs) (laughs) Only positivity in this Midwest farm wives bubble. (laughs) Yep. Don't pop it. (laughs) Thanks guys for listening. We'll catch you next time. We sure appreciate all of you listening today. We would love to reach more women in ag. If you would like, please share our podcast with your friends and let us know what you think. You can also find us on Instagram at farmwifeguru and at the Grateful Farmwife. Be sure to follow or subscribe to the Midwest Farmwives podcast on your favorite podcast streaming app. We'll see you next time. And remember, every day may not be good, but there is some good in every day. Stay grateful, friends. <laughs>